your hour of thrive time begins now with your host jay mamey on the jay mamey talk show good day everyone and welcome once again to the jay mamey talk show this is jay mamey and you have now entered your hour of thrive time i want to welcome all of you listening to our program for the very first time you know i got to tell you something we are picking up listeners by the thousands every single week as our radio show which becomes a podcast after the airing of the broadcast uh, is now starting to gain so much traction and really through word of mouth. I, I had a chance to have a conversation with someone who does CEO, uh, SEO work, and uh, she says, how is your show growing when there is some SEO work that you could do to improve your traction? And I said, you know, it's the good old-fashioned word of mouth. I think these days, word of mouth has gotten a short end of the stick, and it, uh, it still, to me, is the best way for others to know your goodness. You know, there'll never be anything that replaces the recommendation that one person makes to another based on a sense of value that they've gained. And that's what's happening with our program. That's what's happening with the show. It's been that way now for two and a half years. Actually, in about six months from now, we'll make our third year anniversary. And I'm looking forward to that because it just continues to highlight to me that people are interested in value, in something positive, in thrive-minded content. Because make no mistake, today we live in a day where there is a lot of negativity. There is a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of uh, foreshadowing of, of horrible things to come. And make no mistake, there is certainly uh, facts and, and, and evidence that we are in, in some challenging times. But my goodness, there are some good things happening too. And on this program here, you can find positive content, action-stoking, thought-provoking content that will give you that push, that that inspired thought to get you through the week or whenever it is that you pick up this program, whether it's on the podcast platform, it'll get you through the week, maybe get you through today, maybe, maybe get you through the month. And that's the reason why the word of mouth is so powerful. So we're thankful that you are here today. You are uh, an indication that we are doing something right. For those of you that are returning, thank you for continuing to support this program. You could find all of my prior episodes, my friends, at the jmamietalkshow.com. You could also find us at the at your favorite podcast channel. We'll be there with all of our prior content ready for your listening. And you can also go to my regular site, thejmamie.com, for valuable content, blogs and videos and trainings and all sorts of goodness that I am delivering on a weekly basis on that website so that you can have a thriving experience whenever you arrive there and hopefully tell a friend. So again, thank you for being with us. We've got a fantastic show today. Every week we continue to compile fantastic guests and today we've got our Impact Spotlight. We're going to highlight those that are making impact and and positive uh, uh, waves in our community, uh, not only our North Texas, our Dallas community, but also impact around the country and around the world. We love having them on the phone on the on the radio show. Today we've got our impact spotlight, and we're going to have a very special guest on the show today. Is going to give us a powerful message, and that'll start shortly. But I want to continue my Thrive Talk as we started about four months ago. Heading into the ending of the year, I wanted to create content that could be uh, layered. In other words, from week to week to week, based on my Thrive Talks, uh, my Thrive Jive sessions with Chris Harris and our guests, so that we could provide the type of content that would be helpful for those of you that are in the final stages of planning for a breakthrough year, uh, in this case, just a few weeks from now. But the reality is it could be at any point in time in your life that you hear there's broadcast, uh, you could decide that I'm turning things around. You don't have to wait around for the, the clock to strike 12 on, on December 31st in order for you to decide that you're going to make some changes in your life. You could decide that at any point in time, uh, anywhere you're at, you can decide it and then you can make it happen, right? It could be your December 31st ball dropping experience, a new year's resolution at any point in time throughout the course of a year. So, but obviously, since we're getting close to the end of the year, most people start to plan. They start to have their their uh, their vision boards. They start to look at uh, what's gone right, what's gone wrong. And I wanted to address areas where I felt people could uh, extract value and apply it to their game plan for this brand new year. And we've been doing a killer job uh, with that. And today we're going to add more to it. And by the way, again, if you've not had a chance to hear those prior episodes with that content, you want to track it down on your favorite podcast platform or at my site, the Jay Mamie Talk Show, you're going to be pleased that you took the time to do that. But I want to talk today about benchmarks. 
These last few weeks, we've been hitting different areas of life. Today, I want to talk about benchmarks. You know, if you have a goal that you want to achieve, the only way you know whether or not you've achieved that goal in the midst of everything that can happen from the moment that you start that goal, that you begin to journey, that you make a decision, that you're going to change some things, whether it could be in your business, it could be in your entrepreneurial experience, it could be in your job, it could be in your career, it could be in your body, your finances, your faith, it could be in your relationships, it could be in your family. Wherever you've decided that you want to make some improvements and some changes, at the moment that you decide to do that, the, the, every single day that passes, you have all sorts of things that can happen in your life. So the further away from the initial decision to make something happen, the more likely you will probably find yourself struggling to keep that commitment just because life throws curveballs and all sorts of distractions and things that blindside you and often can derail you from that honest-to-goodness goal that you started with. Well, so how do you measure whether or not if you're on track? Let me give you some simple ways to do that. You have to create benchmarks. Now, there's no better time to have a benchmark than now at the end of this year. Uh, again, you can do this at any point in time, folks, but... At the ending of a year, there's something special about coming to an ending of a year that allows you to look back and see how far you've come. And I think that's the benchmark that you need to work with, that you need to uh, uh, implement in your life so that you can see how far you've come based on when you started. Has there been a level of growth? Have you gone in reverse? Have you stayed the same? I think that anyone who decides that life is about improvement has to set a benchmark in whatever area of life you're looking to improve and then look back and see how you've done, not just in a month. I think a month is too soon. I think a month is, is can give you an indication that you are on the right track. But I'm talking about, and by the way, anybody can have a good month, right? Or a good week or even a good 90 days. I'm talking about six months to a year, maybe even 18 months, but certainly a year. So you look back and you ask yourself, where did I improve in? And here you are, and there's some tough questions you have to ask yourself, right? And sometimes we don't want to ask ourselves tough questions, so we don't even consider benchmarking or, or having this type of uh, internal inspection because the answers are probably not going to be what you would want. They, make you, they don't make you feel good, right? And certainly the questions will challenge you, and we don't want to be challenged, right? But if you are looking to grow and get to the next best level of you, and if thriving is your intent, and I believe that it is because you're listening to this program, then benchmarking your progress is important. So let's say, let's have a look. In the last 12 months, let me ask you some questions, and maybe this will stir in you the type of questions that you need to ask yourself as you create your own benchmarks. In the last 12 months, what have you learned? How have you grown as a person based on what you've learned in the last 12 months. See, you only grow as a person, as an individual, intellectually, spiritually, uh, and, and intangibly, right? Academically, you only grow based on what you expose yourself to learn over a period of time. So if you find yourself right now, 12 months later, here's your benchmark, 12 months later from last December Third week of December, <laughs> up until the third week of December this year, or wherever, what benchmark time frame you're using, if you find yourself in the same place academically, in other words, you didn't bother to learn anything new. If you find yourself in the same place intellectually, in other words, you didn't expose yourself to learning new information to developing your intellectual capacities, to reading a book, to learning a new skill, learning a new trade, you didn't stretch your brain, you didn't expand your mind, then you wasted 12 months of brain power because you're no smarter, wiser, more intellectual than you were 12 months ago. So the question is, what did you do for the last 12 months? How much more TV can you possibly watch? How much more sports can you possibly Watch. I mean, it's okay to do all that kind of stuff, and we all should, but what did you do to stretch your intellectual uh, capabilities? What did you do to stretch your academic faculties in 12 months? That's a good benchmark. If you're the same person that you are intellectually and academically 12 months ago, you didn't grow, and you've got to change that. What about in your skill sets? 
If you look back the last 12 months and you say, you know what, I didn't learn a new skill or I didn't refine a skill that I have. So then the last 12 months, your benchmark shows that you didn't have any growth in the area of skill development. Well, you can't prosper and you can't thrive if you're not growing academically, intellectually, and in skill set. It's impossible. You can't plan for a better future operating on the same faculties of yesterday. It doesn't work that way, my friends. What about in your health? Are you thinner, heavier than you were 12 months ago? Some of you being heavier is a good thing because you're too skinny to begin with. <laughs> but some of you could shed some pounds. Well, where are you 12 months later? Are you healthier 12 months later? Or are you the same? Or are you worse off? What about your ability to have stronger relationships? Uh, have you improved that? 12 months earlier, did you have quirks? Were you so, sort of what I call socially inept? Did you work on that? Are you much more of a social person this time around, 12 months later? How are you doing in that department? And we can go on and on and on. Here's my point as we wrap up our segment. You cannot be the same person that you were 12 months ago, 6 months ago, 18 months ago, if you are intentional about growing a better version of you. So make the next 12 months your next benchmark. Let's focus on the next 12 months arriving there being better in specific areas. Look back 12 months from, look forward rather, so that in 12 months from now, when you look back, you can honestly say, I grew in these areas. I'm better in this area. I'm not the same person I was in this area 12 months ago. And if you string along year after year after year of that type of benchmarking with the intention of being better, every benchmark you're going to string a life that's fantastic, extraordinary, and a life that you could be proud of. Folks, we're just getting started here. It's going to be a fantastic show. We'll see you after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Hi, this is Jay Mamie. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our featured guest today. I mentioned earlier uh, an incredible human being, but Dr. George Fraser, as our featured guest today, is not only the founder and CEO of the award-winning company FraserNet, but he's also a renowned global speaker, best-selling author, and in 2011, he was inducted into the Minority Business Hall of Fame and Museum. He's been awarded over 350 awards and citations from around the world, including three honorary doctorates, a chaplaincy, an ambassadorship, and not only that, but he has also, for the last 15 years, put on the popular Power Networking Conference, which was selected by Forbes magazine in 2015 as one of the top five conferences not to be missed by entrepreneurs. So quite a legacy that Dr. Frazier continues to build upon, and we're excited that he's on the show today. Dr. Frazier, welcome to the show. Jay, thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be with you, and thank you so much for what you're doing in the community and the great work you're doing with the show and, and pushing out powerful information. Thank you for having me. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. So let's dive right in. So we've got a lot of great content for our audience today, but let's go ahead and get started, Dr. Fraser, with you sharing a little bit about your earlier life and experiences before FraserNet. Yes. 
my father came to this country in the early 1900s from Guyana, married a beautiful, fair-skinned sister, Ida Mae Baldwin. They had 11 children. Mm. Uh, I'm the the youngest. Uh, My mother became mentally ill when I was two. My father was a cab driver for 40 years. Uh, He couldn't take care of 11 children. So um, three of of my siblings uh, uh, were orphaned. I was an orphan uh, from uh, from two to five uh, and then put into uh, foster care, toxic foster homes. And I aged out of foster care um, uh, at 18 years old. Uh, my first job, uh, I went to a vocational high school because no one thought I was college material. Got a vocational diploma in carpentry. Couldn't get a carpentry job in New York because the Italians controlled the union at that time. And so my first real job was mopping floors on the midnight shift at LaGuardia Airport, uh, which I was very proud of. If you go to LaGuardia Airport today, go down into the maintenance department. There's a picture on the wall. It's a picture of me. I was the greatest floor mopper in the history of LaGuardia Airport, and I'm very, very proud of that. <laughs> so it, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And mm-hmm. um, I think you should autograph every job that you have with your personal excellence. No no job is too small. Um, I have no earned degrees, but I ended up with three doctorate degrees. I am fundamentally self-taught. I read about 100 books a year. The average American reads one book a year. So if you decide to read one book a month in five years, you will have read 60 books. The average American will have read five. So I'm self-taught. I I place a tremendous emphasis on the power and importance of reading. I then um, got a job at Encyclopedia Britannica, where I was the number one salesperson going door to door selling these very expensive encyclopedias. I was recruited away from Encyclopedia Botanica by Procter and Gamble. In spite of the fact I did not have a degree, you needed a degree to get into P&G and preferably an MBA from Harvard. I had none, but I had good writing, speaking, and communication skills. Uh, In other words, I had leadership qualities. Um, I was a very, very effective communicator, and they hired me. I stayed with them almost 13 years. I was recruited away from Procter & Gamble to become vice president of United Way uh, in marketing and communications and stayed with them for about three years and then was recruited away by the Ford Motor Company to be one of 12 African-American men selected to go through their minority dealer development program. Uh, I graduated number one in the class. It was a two-year program and um, decided I didn't want to sell cars. Nothing wrong with selling cars. It would have made me rich. I was to be the first black Ford Lincoln Mercury dealer in in the greater Cleveland area, but I had other other things that I thought God wanted me to do. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, that's quite a fine story to stick to. <laughs> it's just wonderful. You, you really epitomize with your biography, uh, Dr. Fraser, of a self-made person. There's a lot to be said about being self-made in, instead of community-made or corporate-made or, or academically made at a college. You kind of broke the barriers for anyone who says that I need to rely on someone else to help make me who I am. You went out there and made it on your own, by yourself, by intent, because of the desire that you carried inside of you. There's a lot to be said for that. But what was the inspiration to launch this global networking powerhouse company, FraserNet? Yeah. Um, Working almost 20 years in the public and private sector, I had earned a great deal of money. I had stock options with um, Procter & Gamble, a very, very, very high salary at United Way. So I had earned a lot of money, so I had achieved financial comfort and success. Uh, Of course, I got married, uh, had two beautiful sons. I've now been married for 48 years, so stable um, and, quote, successful and financially um, grounded. And um, I just thought uh, that at that juncture in my life, uh, and I was 42, about 42 years old at the time, I decided I wanted to give back. Um, uh, it reminds me of a very, very important 
quote that I took to heart by the famous uh, Dr. John Henry Clark, who said, take what you do best and do it for your people. And being a master networker and with very a very high emotional intelligence or EQ, uh, and by the way, as people grow older and wiser, <clears throat> they're going to find out that their EQ will be more, more important than their IQ, that uh, I noticed that people in my culture and in my community were not effective networkers, right? They did not understand the power and importance of the relationships in their lives. Um, and I wanted to teach that. I mean, it was no more, no more complicated than that. So much to the dismay of my beautiful wife of 48 years, uh, I announced to her that I would not be doing a dealership and uh, that I would be starting a small business teaching African-Americans uh, in the greater Cleveland area how to more effectively network and build relationships and, and, and some of the key, uh, key elements of their life. Uh, and, and that's really what I wanted to focus on. And so she was not happy. And uh, she asked me, well, how are we going to make a living doing that? And I said, I don't know. But I feel in my heart of hearts that I'll figure it out. And I did. And here we are now, 32 years later, in the same business, very successful, and uh, has morphed into something I did not imagine initially. Um, but, uh, you know, that's part of, of the growth process. If you feel something, jump into it. If it's right for you, if it's your purpose in life, if this is why the creator has sent you here, you will figure it out and things, other things will reveal itself. Well, 32 years later, after dealing with and working with, engaging with hundreds of thousands of people, where do you find, based on all that rich experience, where do you find that most people lack focus, diligence, and direction? That's um, a wonderful and deep question. And um, I, 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 so if uh, I'm just trying to put it in, in the simplest way that I can. Mm -hmm. and, and I think most people, this is going to sound trite, but they, they, um, they lack discipline around their diet, okay, around their diet. And it's more than – we have to be very careful about what we consume or what we eat in life. And we have to put the right things in our body. You see, your diet is not only, Jay, what you eat. It's what you watch. It's what you listen to. It's what you read. It's the people you hang around with, right? So you've got to be mindful of the things that you're putting into your body emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Mm. This is hugely important. So most lack the discipline in their diet, their life diet. They lack patience. Success is built over time. It's not built overnight. And they, they lack developing personal rules for themselves. I have had a personal set of rules for George Fraser for years and years, and I follow these rules, and these are my guideposts, my guardrails. My number one rule is see failure as a beginning and not as an end. This is where you learn the lessons of life. Number two, if you don't go after it, you, uh, you're not going to have it. That's a rule for me. If I want something, then I go after it, right? Number three is always do more than what is expected of you, right? Chase excellence, never chase money, right? Uh, when you are committed to excellence versus averageness or mediocrity, um, you will never have to worry about competition, People will be competing with you. You will never have to get in anybody's line. People will get in line for you. Um, number four would be <clears throat> to teach others what you know. So I, I certainly have fulfilled that. Well, 
what, what I have learned, I made John a commitment to teach others what I've learned, to help grow as many as I can, and to teach those who will listen. And number five rule for me is to assume nothing and question everything. Mm. Right? Assume nothing and question everything. I wrote a book called Click, 10 Truths for Building Extraordinary Relationships. In there I wrote, be open to everything, attached to nothing, the best idea wins. Right? Number six for me is make peace with your past or you're going to pay for it. I recommend to young people, the number one thing that you have to do as you grow older and wiser is to forgive your parents for the mistakes that they made, right? There are no manuals for raising children in a sense. I mean, you really sort of learn that on the job. They're going to make mistakes. I made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Forgive them for that, all right? And then finally, stop thinking so much and act. Stop thinking so much. Now, I'm not saying don't think. Of course, think, right? But then at some point in time, um, you have to act. The gap between, uh, certainly in the African-American community, we're some of the most innovative and creative people on the planet, but the gap between our ideas and the execution of those ideas are as wide as the Grand Canyon. I have a little sign in my office. I'm looking at it right now. I've had it up for 20 years, and it says, when all is said and done, more will be said than done. And finally, never compare yourself to other people. You are a unique, a totally unique human being. There is no one on the planet that has ever lived in the history of humankind that has had the sequence of experiences that you've had in the timeline that you've had it. That makes you as unique as your thumbprint. Don't compare yourself to others. Those have been my rules. I've lived by those rules for 75 going on 76 years. If you live by rules like that, it would be impossible to fail. Well, I think there's pure wisdom beyond a shadow of doubt in what you just uh, shared with us. And I love the way you opened up uh, the question. You mentioned your diet. And quite frankly, myself, as I'm sure many listeners were thinking about, okay, diet in terms of what you put in your body and, and food and nutrition. But you went on to expound that the diet is in what you intake in multiple different areas apart from just food and nutrition. And uh, there is so much goodness in that statement that if we were to close mm-hmm. our segment right now, which we're not, but if we were, that would be good enough for people to take and run with it. When we come back after the break, I want to talk a little bit about your mission of really preparing, uh, helping people prepare economically through understanding not only how money works, but how to take personal financial responsibility to become literate. Uh, I think if you're deficient in financial literacy and you have an intention on winning the money game or preparing yourself for a great future of, of some sort, you've got to first recognize that you're deficient in an area, and most people are deficient and just basically understanding how money works. Mm-hmm. You have done a lot of work in that area. So when we come back after the break, let's pick up from there and talk more about how do we begin to change the, 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 really the outlook that people have with regards to how they look at their own personal financial uh, situation. Can we do that? Sure. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. iCryo is bringing high-tech wellness to biohacking, to a luxury level. iCryo is on a mission to elevate lifestyle. All services are designed to help guests feel better, look better, and push them towards achieving their health and beauty goals. Services include whole body cryotherapy, red light therapy, infrared sauna, IV, vitamin shots, and many, many more. You can visit them at iCryo.com. That's iCryo.com. My recent guest, Travis Ayla, president and founder of Elevated Formula, wants you to know that he can help you build a team and show you the difference on how to work on your business instead of in your business. He'll teach you how to leverage yourself to implement systems and build a team to free yourself from being self-employed. Make sure you visit Travis Ayla at TravisAyla.com. That is T-R-A-V-I-S-A-L-A. 
www.jmamietalkshow.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We are engaged in a high-level, in-depth conversation with Dr. George Frazier. And we're going to pick up where we left off. Doctor, in your opinion, why is it that as we enter 2021, people today still struggle with economic literacy? And where do you think the change needs to begin? Most people have some bad ass habits. I'm just let just let me just be candid with you. Uh, too many people are addicted to instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Um, that would be a bad habit that needs to be broken. There's a wonderful book called The Power of Habit. People need to read it. There is an architecture to a bad habit and to a good habit, how to break bad habits and how to get good habits. People need to read it. We have some bad, 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 bad habits. Um, we don't talk about money enough. We certainly don't talk about it, certainly in the African-American community. We don't talk about it around the kitchen table. It is really almost a taboo subject. You've got to talk about money. You've got to be with friends uh, and relatives that want to have discussions about money, right? Um, We make uh, impulse purchases. We need Mm -hmm. to a bad habit, right? Very, very bad habit. We buy items that we don't need, Maybe sometimes just because they're on sale. That's a very bad habit. We pay bills late, and the interest rates on those bills are exorbitant, right? The improper use of credit cards. So there's just a whole series of things that we have been grooved into that has, in fact, um, inhibited uh, uh, our ability uh, to build the kind of wealth uh, that will be intergenerational and fulfill I'm a Christian, so Proverbs 13:22 is the most important proverb there is. A good mm-hmm. man an inheritance to his children's children. Well, that's a moral and spiritual responsibility we have, but that requires grooving a series of good habits and sticking with them, and then reading and learning and talking about money. This is very critical. Yeah, Dr. Fraser, you brought up a scripture that I have used so many times. My background has been in the financial education field for, for over 35 years, uh, and I've also been in ministry. And one of the points I've made when I've spoken to men is exactly that proverb that it says a good man. So if the Bible says that a good man leaves behind a generation of inheritance to generations, how do you measure yourself up with what the Bible considers a good man? How well are you doing there? Uh, and it's a hard talk. It's a hard talk, but it's a yeah. much needed talk. It's a much yeah. needed talk. And we need to discuss it um, every day that we can, and we need the right models around us. We need uh, we need to model the behavior of people who demonstrate responsible financial behavior. So, do you, you know, how many of those people do you have in your life? You have said that there's a difference between being poor and being broke. Can you explain your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'll keep it really simple. A poor is a temporary mindset generally based on the models around you and the environment in which you live in. In other words, you are infected, affected, and affected by this mindset of poverty, by those around you, how they feel and how they talk. So it's a temper. I say it's a temporary mindset because you can get yourself out of it. And being broke is a temporary condition. So one is a mindset, Jay, and one is a condition. I've been broke, right? I've had to wait to the next payday before I could do anything significant. We've all had broke moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, But it's just a temporary condition because our ability to earn uh, and uh, when I, when, what I call broke is spend, uh, I ran out of the money that I want to spend this month. It doesn't mean that I don't have money. It doesn't mean I don't have a portfolio and I don't have savings. It just means that the money I allocated for this month, this again is discipline right? Uh, uh, Something came up and I ran out of that. So for that month, I'm temporarily broke. Next month, I'll be fine and I'll manage manage my money um, 
and I won't be broke by the end of the next month. So that's that's so so one is a one is a mindset and one is a condition. And I, I love what you mentioned earlier about emulating those who are doing certain things right and are role models to to follow because they've developed good money habits. And I think at the end of the day, it is about that. It is about developing good money habits, being aware of what's necessary and mm-hmm. what's leisure, what's mm-hmm. necessary and what's leisure. I'll share with you something that was on LinkedIn a few uh, few days ago. It was an article that someone wrote about finding – he went. To, I guess there's the latest sneakers out now. There's a big name brand, and I won't give a name brand out, but there's a big name brand that just released yet another version of its of – its, uh, a sneaker and that's three hundred dollars, and so the guy was talking about boy if those per, if those individuals instead of paying three hundred dollars to the sneakers they went out and they bought the stock which was at a hundred and twenty five dollars or something they would have more value years down the road than the pair of sneakers they're buying for three hundred. No, sure. Of course, I thought to myself, and it's absolutely true. But I thought to myself, but the bigger picture here is those people are standing on a long line. Most of them can't afford the three hundred dollars, but they're going to drop it on a pair of sneakers. Somewhere along the line, something went wrong here. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Absolutely. so, and that's that's the role modeling that comes in. So th- there's a lot to be said about that. But in in life, there's a cost to doing nothing. I've seen it. You've seen it. But what is the true cost that people don't seem to understand if they do nothing? Right. Um. A. Uh, you're going to live your own living hell. You're not going to have respect from your peers, from your family. Um, and someone is going to have to make up a eulogy for you because there will be nothing to say. You've done nothing. You've contributed nothing. Right? You did not have the discipline uh, 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 and the understanding uh, and, the, and, and the moral and, again, spiritual responsibility to know that you are not put here to do nothing. You are here. The creator has sent you here to do something. You are on an assignment. Make no mistake about that. How much time? We don't know. Right. That's why I tell people all the time, do anything, but don't waste my time. I will get more money, but I will not get any more time. And I don't know how much time I have and I don't want to know, but I'm not going to waste it. Right. So doing nothing really is not an option if, in fact, you plan to lead a fulfilling life and to get a reward for that life uh, at the very end. In our last couple of minutes here, I always ask my guests to provide a takeaway, a actionable takeaway that someone who's listening to the show could implement immediately and see change. What would you say, as, as we wrap up here, would be two nuggets of wisdom that you can share with our audience? Okay. Um, I want to answer the age-old question, what is the meaning of life? The answer to that is life has no meaning. Each of us have meaning, and we bring it to life. So it is a waste of time to be asking that question when, in fact, you are the answer, and therefore you need to conduct your life like you are the answer. So that would be number one. For my sister friends out there, I would give them a simple piece of advice. If you can't bill with them, don't chill with them. Because if he's, wearing, if he's not wearing a diaper, you can't change him. I love that. <laughs> I, can, can you repeat that again? Because I think there's folks that need to hear that two, three, four, five times. <laughs> right. My lady friends, let me give you some advice from an elder. If you can't build with them, don't chill with them. Because ladies, if he's not wearing a diaper, you can't change him. I love that. It's been an honor and a thrill to have you on the show. We're going to have you back because I, I believe that we can have conversations, Dr. Frazier, for hours because we there's so much to talk about. And, and you and I think a lot alike, and, and there's, there's a lot of common ground here that we'll have to continue this conversation in the future. But where could – I know you've got books, and it's easy to find, Dr. Frazier, but where would you want someone to go immediately to learn more about the goodness of what you do and offer? Sure. Go to onefrasernation.com. One, that's uh, that's uh, O-N-E, frasernation.com. 
Um, we started our own nation at the Power Networking Conference last year, so you can find out all about how you can become a citizen of our nation. Um, and uh, Or you can go, we really tackle the issue of financial education and financial literacy, so you can go to windcenter.org. Wins, wins, W-I-N-D is in David, S Center. C E N T E R dot org and find all uh, find out all about our financial education, financial literacy system. Dr. Fraser, once again, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much. And back at you. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. You. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. About to introduce someone that I think is probably at the premier uh, level of helping communities thrive. And this show is all about thriving. It's about finding those people who have the right initiatives and the right programs that are more concerned about the growth and development of others than they are particularly of themselves. And this is the person that we have on the line. He had a chance to meet uh, our next guest not too long ago. He was very impressed with what he's doing and his long resume of broadcasting career as a CEO, a lifelong CEO, so joining us for our impact spotlight uh, this Sunday is the chairman and CEO of Advanced Community Fund, Michael Yorba. Michael, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay, thank you for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Michael, you are the CEO uh, and chairman of this organization. You manage the day-to-day -day operations and, and growth for Advanced Community Fund. The Advanced Community Fund is, is a mission-driven nonprofit organization, which I appreciate. Uh, is developed uh, to really help uh, with the main focus of, of alleviating poverty and, and really transforming distressed neighborhoods. You, you work with local leaders, residents, businesses, and government organizations to make that happen. What inspired you to start that not too long ago? Uh, a friend of mine asked me a long time ago, what's your legacy? And I gave it some serious thought, and I thought, you know, the last thing I do on this earth should be for somebody else. And it just stuck. Um, let me let me back that up a little bit. Um, my family was one of the founding families of California, and I took a look at what they did with their lives. They founded cities and hospitals and grocery stores, and they have a high bar to live up to. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do my small piece in, in Dallas and uh, see if we can make a difference in other people's lives. Well, I want to dive further into what Advanced Community Fund – uh, is specifically doing where the community, uh, where we could as a community support your initiatives. I want to dive into that uh, in a few, but your career has been a CEO. So you've always been at a level of leadership. A lot of it has been in broadcasting. Uh, you also are a chairman of a number of boards. There's a number of things that you could have done that would have allowed you to coast based on your background. Starting a nonprofit is challenging enough, but starting a nonprofit where you have to crowdfund with the hopes of uh, having others see the vision of something that involves poverty, right, and working with those that are less fortunate, sometimes that's a very difficult thing to per persuade someone else to give money towards. Why did you decide to, to do that? And what sort of challenges have you found along the way? 
Well, I took a look at the landscape and I saw that there really has been failure after failure after failure. So I tried to come up with a different way of doing things. And that's when I created the template that we're currently engaged with to create a rounded, sustainable model that can go really from from where we are in Dallas across the country. So to to answer the question, what is, that is behind the question, what is the model? How is it that you're doing something different than other people have done? And why do you feel that you can be successful at it? And really, if you just find where it hurts and work on that, that's the part where you can start to see success. So if you want me to go through my template, I'll keep it simple and sweet. Let me ask you this. Your template, I know it's it's involving. I, I know there's a, a plan to potentially scale this template across the country, but you're focusing here in the North Texas community. You want to revitalize distressed communities. In, in your observations, because everyone probably has a different understanding or explanation of a, what a revitalized, uh, rather a community that's distressed and needs revitalization, what's your description? How do you notice and how do you recognize a community that is distressed and needs revitalization? Well, uh, they don't have a medical center. They don't have uh, ready access to quality food. Their housing is uh, in a shortage mm -hmm. and the crime rate is high. So aside from that, most people end up having children. And child care in these distressed neighborhoods, South and Southern Dallas primarily, are is really at a premium. Um, so if you don't have family to help you when you need to go earn a living, you're you're really in dire straits. So that's those are the big earmarks. And the financial community has had a very difficult time coming into Southern Dallas to create a a point of education and then expanding the financial products so people can end up owning their own businesses rather than just trying to get a job even a living wage job doesn't buy you a house and that's where you get legacy wealth and build communities mm -hmm. because they have pride in in their the ownership of their own home let alone their own home and business you know there's a housing crisis in in Texas right and i know that you know that more than, than anyone else. But apart from the number of different aspects of that housing crisis, uh, affordability is one of them, right? Um, what else are you seeing, especially in the rental community? What are you seeing there that's also burdening with cost uh, Texans? Well, what you have to do, excuse me, that's my alarm. What you have to do is create a environment that allows investors to come in that works with City Hall. And there has been a lot of um, problems when it comes to permitting. That's the biggest problem we've had lately mm -hmm. with the city manager and the other people in charge being able to streamline that process to accommodate the investment that really does want to come in. So, but that takes getting in with the people that are on the ground floor and from the bottom up, whether it's city council, county commissioner, city manager, or the mayor, to be able to give them a plan that they feel is viable and then bring them into an action mode to make it happen. Um, we're really uh, – renting is one of the facets, but the focus is – for us is ownership. Ownership. And so if you can transition from being a renter mm -hmm. into credit repair and then an owner, then you've got a community that has pride in what they're doing and they, they see a light at the end of the tunnel. Part of the problem is that the people that we're trying to help have never really had the opportunity to go from renting to owning in a mass basis. They're, they, they, they have to have um, hope in their heart to be able to participate in what financial institutions want to bring to their community. And they have to feel secure that they are not going to be exploited in, in the name of money. You know, I love that. This is a work of passion. And as, as you're sharing with us your heart, Michael, I can honestly say uh, that you are driven more by, as you said earlier, by leaving a footprint of change as opposed to uh, financial gain, right? Because um, this is really a labor of love here. Uh, and you're willing to go through it. That's why 
I, I'm, I encourage all of my listeners to get behind you, support you with what you're doing. We're going to give all the information out in just a few minutes so that people can support this initiative. I think it's a great initiative, which is why you're on the air as the Impact Spotlight of the Week. But you work with partners to create affordable housing uh, within these existing neighborhoods. Let's talk about these partners. What partnerships are you looking for? What partnerships make sense for ACF? Developers that want to make an impact in the area and find good value. Um, right now, we're in an economic climate where of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, stock market, interest rates, inflation, uh, higher consumer goods. And I've found that the safest place for most people's money has been, and I'm not an advocate for taking this as a um, investment, you know, giving investment advice, but it has traditionally been real estate that is undervalued in their backyard that they can impose their will on. And if you can get the community to engage with the investor in that basis, you've got a recipe for really bridging the gap of communication and cultural differences that gets a common goal. That's why I came up with my template to help uh, solve the medical uh, desert, the food desert, the child care desert, the housing desert. And then, you know, we've got a couple of projects. Uh, The second medical center we financed is on MLK. We're going to go around that neighborhood with the help of the land bank and bring first responders in to create a barrier of safety. Bring in uh, a grocery store. One of the city council people just called me today. They've got a grocery chain that uh, is pulled out. And they asked me if I would come in and revitalize that and solve the food desert in the Fair Park area. Uh, We've got all kinds of other – let's see another one that's on our website. Survivors of Sex Trafficking and Veterans Shelter, where they teach them how to own their own business through Mm -hmm. a training process. That is the big thing. If you own your own business, you own your own home, and you don't have to commute – two, three, four hours to get a decent wage, then you can start there in the community and create an environment that's rounded, not just north of the river, but all of, because 55% of the Dallas landmass is in poverty. That's over 3 million people that really don't want to be in poverty. Mm-hmm. That If you can give them something to strive for that they own, they'll stay there and they'll build a healthy community. Well, you've been a fantastic guest, uh, Michael, and there's so much more that I know we could speak on. But I don't want to let you go in our last minute here without you sharing with the listeners how they can get involved, how they can donate, how they can support your organization, because you do have milestones and goals that you're looking to achieve next year and beyond to make this um, of uh, make this available um, to everyone. How can they donate? They can reach out to Advanced Community Fund through our website. It says donate. There's a donate button on the top toolbar. And just click on it. Uh, anything will help, you know, because it's going to go into helping the people that live around you. So A, D, V is in Victor, A, N, C, E, N is in North, T is in Texas, X is in X-ray.org is the website. Wonderful. We're going to put that information up on our website, the J. Mamie Talk Show, so people can track you down, learn more about you. Michael, we've been uh, really, it's been a fantastic conversation with you. We're honored to have you because you are an impact maker and uh, your story is going to take on a life on its own. It's going to impact millions of lives, I believe, over the next few decades, long after you and I are here. And uh, it takes a special person to do something special. And you're that guy. So thanks for being on the program. And thank you for this opportunity, Jay. I appreciate it. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic Sunday. We'll see you next week for the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Till then, keep thriving.